Welcome to Intentional Sounding. It's the off-season draw play podcast. I'm your host, draw play Dave Rapocio, and with me, as always, is Sam Grezis. I got nothing. Hi, me either. It's the off-season. Nothing is happening, and the stuff that is happening is sad and bad, and I don't want to talk about it. It's super depressing. I, For all of our readers, I wanted to give you a nice good sense of uh, how, how uh, our research for this episode went. Basically... Usually for every episode, I normally go online a little bit beforehand, and I kind of like look back at my comics, and I look back at like the top news posts of the week, and I just kind of like go over there. I'm like, okay, yeah, we can talk about this. We could bring this up. We could do this. And um, basically, this was uh, my reaction this week. All right, what we got going? No. Uh, no. Uh, why is my page blank? Nothing's loading. I think, wait, it says 404 football not found. (laughs) (laughs) Literally nothing happened this week. No, I think like some people got like some, some contracts got like signed. Some contracts that we already knew about got signed, right? Like rookies yeah. got signed or something. Yeah, probably. Uh, I, I'm I'm looking at like the top Reddit posts for the last week, and it's it's like highlights. Um, I guess I guess there was one thing that sort of happened. Uh, there was a um, a Kansas City shock jock. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Who made a poor taste comment about andy reed being a bad like mentor leader Mm -hmm. reference like not outright saying it but basically implying that 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 andy reed's poor management is part of the reason why his son killed himself which is like yikes yeah yikes don't he uh he got taken off the air indefinitely but from what i've read like he's partial owner of the radio station so he'll he'll be back on and nothing will come of this that's 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 the thing is that like i how long has it been if you haven't listened to sports radio in a long time like and obviously this isn't the norm but like they will put the the qualifications that you have to have to be on local like shock sports radio are nil you have to be like the the qualifications are like you you got into sports journalism when it was a fucking free-for-all and easy to get into like an easy field to get into if you wanted to write op-eds about how actually the celtics like need to need to stop being so uh so like have so much swagger and stuff and that's when they'll be good right when that was all you had to do to get a job in sports journalism and then you have to be 45 or older and be able to get angry about everything right and and hold that's that's the thing is people wonder where folks like Colin Coward and Skip Bayless come from. That that is the logical conclusion of the radio hot take artist shock jock. And and that's that's the kind of thing. And it's obviously like 
that doesn't mean you you make incredibly like hurtful comments about someone's kid but at the same time when you are when you are paid to have opinions that are bad and that you don't even hold and you are encouraged to do that you know it's only it, it kind of feels like only a matter of time before something like that happens and it's one of those things for you know that that exact thought and that exact like opinion is held unironically by lots of people who don't have the radio gig like i've you know there are probably Twitter people, people on Twitter, people in Kansas City who are like, yeah, he is a bad role model because his son died. There are people who believe that because there's always a market for that crap and it sucks. Well, and it's a it's a self-fulfilling prophecy too, right? Like the cycle feeds itself because there are people that like get their sports opinions and this is i mean this is kind of what happens with any news source right it like i read i read deadspin and uh and some espn uh some sports illustrated um and that's where i get the majority of my like sports knowledge but like for the people for whom their the main their main source of sports knowledge is a radio show where they start with a a true headline right but then spend 45 minutes editorializing on it and blowing it out of proportion and and doing like baseless conjecture on it that's when that's when it gets a little wonky it's bad just like everything right now it's bad i do i want to give a special shout out right now to will kane of the will kane show on espn so i when i'm driving to and from work i usually listen to like some cds i have an old car i don't really have like a, a way to play like spotify and stuff in it so I, I usually just burn myself some old cds of whatever i'm into currently and then i i just like let it rip until i'm kind of tired of it and i put another one in but every once in a while i'll just get tired of listening to music and i'll flip back to uh, sports radio and I was normally listening to the ESPN equivalent because when I would go in in the morning, it was the Golic and Wingo and oh, yeah. uh, and um, wow, Dan Levitard, whose shows I find inoffensively amusing. Yeah, yeah. Dan Levitard usually does an okay job. Like, he does fall into that sports radio trap a lot, but um, he, he deals As, with it better than I think most people do. Yeah, honestly, like I don't mind it when they get kind of like off track. It's mm-hmm. it, it it's far from the worst radio show out there. What yeah. might be is the Will Kane show, which is was I I made I moved up shifts at work. I started going in at the super early shift so I could go home early, and that changed the radio station show that I was listening to on the way home from. I think it was Sarah Spain and Fitz, which was bland nothing to the will kane show which was running before it and i gotta say after like a week of that i made a point to find out where all the good radio stations were on my dial yeah yeah and i just started listening to like i've never put the effort in to try and find where the good like music stations are because a lot of what i listen to like you can't find it on the radio 
Mm-hmm. So I, I usually just kind of avoid the radio. But I was just like, no, I, I can't listen to this anymore. I need literally anything else. And I don't want to listen to my CDs. So I'm just going to play. I'm just going to flip through the dial and find something that's passable. So right. shout out to you, Will Kane, for being so insufferably garbage that I changed up my routine just to avoid you. It's so bad. It's so bad. And th- that's the thing. is it's It's the worst when, like... This happens when I visit my family for holidays and we talk about, you know, the Georgia Bulldogs and the Atlanta Falcons and they all have these, I think I like said this on the podcast is that the, the shock jocks in Atlanta were all talking about how if the saints, uh, made it to the, um, the Super Bowl uh, this past year that they were talking the players were talking about trashing the locker rooms and the fans were talking about trashing the stadium just because they hate the falcons and they hate atlanta so much and i'm like that that's insane that is insane can you um, like what kind of like how how what percent peanut butter does your brain have to be to to even think that that is a possible thing ever ever like that that would be a thing that 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 a that a large group of people would do it's crazy would have been hilarious would have been really funny it would have been really (laughs) fun that's true it would have been really funny but at the same time like that would have that would have been such a scandal Mm -hmm. and i would have gotten a lot of amusement out of it but no probably would have been bad overall i i thrive in that cesspit of dumb pointless pop culture sports drama but i'm following your point i'm just kind of commenting that, that oh yeah no no for sure it's just like when when people are like <laughs> oh yeah this is like they're talking about it it's like this whole f- fucking fake news shit that's it's like you know it's it's not real and I, it, again like we you and I doing a weekly hour long show about football year round. Uh, like I, I feel like we get, like we get part of why, because the news cycle is only so like the, doing this podcast you know, and, and the comic has made it exceptionally clear just how we really shouldn't have multiple 24 hour sports news networks. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Even, even when you love a sport as much as we do, there's just a point where there's just nothing to fucking talk about. Well, that's the thing. Unless you blow something up so extensively that you basically become the story yourself and then can then comment on yourself, which I'm not good at doing. I kind of hate doing that. And that's why you get lots of dead air and us going, huh, during right. this time oh, of yeah, year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, that, and that's the thing is that's, that's why it's like, we know the why of why this happens, right? It's because you have to like, at some point you have to either manufacture a story or, or blow a story up because you really don't like what you're the NFL network. You're, you are running exclusively NF, not just football, but NFL programming, and it's the off season, right? What the hell are you gonna do? Like, you get you preview, you can preview all thirty-two teams in detail, 
right? That might give you... You can replay games from the yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, you can replay good games from the which season. Which they do. Yes. But like what like what else? How do you how do you stretch it? I think so. Here's here is what I think they should do. They should go and I think this was NBC SportsNet did this. This is why they need to do go back to like late 90s early 2000s ESPN programming. Uh style where it wasn't just sports news and sports games on these channels there need to be sports uh okay so so things things that i would rather see than nfl live right at at that like 4 p.m slot that they still run during the off season i would rather see a sports game show uh sports jeopardy or stump the schwab or uh uh anything any literally anything any kind of sports trivia sh- game show maybe some sort of wipeout like of a, a sports themed wipeout show which i would totally fucking dvr and watch i would love that uh more esports coverage um i like i i know i am not preaching to the choir here i don't know how you or anyone else really feels about that but if i am i i don't know if espn is the right place to put esports probably not probably it is i feel Um, like the the thing about esports is that it's very it's different from regular sports in that the sense that like it's just because it's it's playing computer games it's not mm -hmm. the athletic feats right being happening live on screen they're playing within this sort of contained simulation Uh program and it's just a it's the kind of it's it's i feel i've tried watching esports and i can't get into it and part of the reason i can't get into it is because it doesn't feel like i'm watching sports oh sure sure yeah i'm I'm, i I agree with that it's a different thing it's i it's like watching uh racing for me it's like watching nascar or or to some extent like actually no wait all right i was thinking about this i was thinking about this earlier i think i my brain kind of trailed off but i think now i can kind of put it into words when you're watching sports Mm -hmm. like football or baseball and everything and you see someone perform an athletic feat there's you feel you understand kind of on a physiological physical level what they accomplished and how amazing it is. Like yes. when you see a, a big guy who's like seven foot two jump three feet in the air to dunk, you're like, holy shit, because you know you can't do that. You have this sort of frame of reference that you can sort of understand your own body kinesthetics to appreciate what he just did. When you're watching a video game and you're watching someone pull off like headshots and like quick reflexes, unless you play that game yourself and are familiar with the mechanics and controls of that game it's almost impossible to appreciate what they're doing i like so that's true um this is actually so i i actually not to toot my own horn i wrote something about this uh for kill screen a few years ago uh and this is kind of getting into the other thing i wanted to talk about this week um what is so key, and this is the problem that ESPN uh, has and has had, and other, like, I've watched, uh, like, 
the Rocket League finals on um on like NBC Sportsnet. And that is pretty, like, they did a pretty good job with that, first of all. Because Rocket game, League, I think, is just a game that actually can translate yes, between the two. Because it is so easy to it's understand. It's so simple. Yep. It's very visually simple and very visually easy to understand what is happening. Rocket League is actually a decent watch yes. for an eSport. But I'm thinking of something like Overwatch. When you get into when you're Overwatch watching, counter When you're watching yes, Overwatch, you don't, you don't really understand what the players are doing unless you're already pretty familiar with the control scheme, with how the maps work yes. and all of that and stuff. And where the so, choke like, points you, are. When, they're, when, the, when the players pull off like this amazing trick shot, like you're not really appreciating the quick quitch twitch timing on the guy's like reaction on like how he presses the buttons correctly you're not understanding like how he's reading the opponent in a fighting game really fighting games are a little bit better a a little bit but there's still like all these so this is this is why it is so hard um to be a a commentator for any kind of competitive video game broadcast whether you want to call it esports whatever uh because it is your job to talk to an audience of, especially if you are on any kind of major network, right? It is your job to talk to an audience of people who don't, like, even if they play Counter-Strike or Super Smash Brothers or Street Fighter, who probably don't play it at anywhere near as high a level as the folks they're watching. So it is your job to, in these fast-paced games, try and find the time to explain these strategies and explain why what folks did was um, was impressive. I wrote a whole thing about it uh, for Kill Screen. Uh, it's called why undoubtedly a so difficult. difficult job. And, yeah. You know, like, I, there's, like, under, trying to explain... Like, how that would happen. You have to have a good familiarity with the game itself. Yes. Yourself. So that you can translate what they're doing to the slightly more casual fans who are watching it. It's, like, there's there's a lot of complications there. And I do have a lot of respect for those announcers because they do not have an easy job. No, they don't. There really is that disconnect. Because when you watch esports, when you watch regular sports, it's you watching it happen live on screen when you watch esports it's you watching other people do yes. something else on a screen the there's other... that extra level of disconnect so well there's a there's a another level of disconnect because there isn't like we don't have that cultural language for like people don't understand the the like metagame of a game like counter-strike the same way they understand the metagame of football Right. Where where like if you say, okay, you know, they line up and it's third and ten. Right. Most most people, most people know what third and ten means. Right. Most people. You don't really have to in between the like the second and third down explain to folks who are watching the broadcast like, hey, this it's third and ten. This is their last chance to uh like they only have two more chances to get the to go the full 10 yards to get a first down and they probably won't go for it on fourth down because they're on their own 30 yard line and if they don't get it on fourth down that means the opposing team will get it where they are right you have to like it's it's easier to see the bigger picture when you're watching 
a regular sport. When you're watching esports, there, like, you don't get like the view of the entire field at once. Right. You're you're watching it basically through the players' eyes, and the players they understand where they are uh-huh. on the arena, where what they have to do. But if again, if you're not familiar with the game, it's not going to make a lot of sense. So. So this kind of leads me into something I've been doing all week, which is watching Summer Games Done Quick. Um, It is one of my favorite things to do. If you don't know about uh, the Games Done Quick uh, series of events, there are uh, charity events. I think they benefit the the summer one benefits Doctors Without Borders. Uh, The winter one benefits uh, the Prevent Cancer Foundation, I think. Um... But it's a week-long thing. They take donations, and they, they they raise, like, consistently per event over two million bucks. It's pretty wild. Um, and they're speedrunning events. So they, they, like, take all these games that you played as a kid or didn't play as a kid, and they try and beat them as fast as possible, whether it's by, like, breaking the game's physics or just, like, really optimizing the way they move and just going really fast and being cool about it. Uh, the way this kind of ties in is that the, the one of the most impressive things about watching those runs um, is the fact that you have the person who's speed running the game and then you have a couch behind them and all of those people, whether it's like just the runner and like one other person, all of these people are commenting on it and like they comment on the on these games as if you have never played the video game before if you don't know as if you don't know what speed running is and then by the end if you watch one full run you feel like you know everything pretty much not that you could do it mind you but like they they explain what like clipping into a wall is or what going out of bounds means like it is so it is so impressive to me the it way is that they bring you in. It's yeah, yeah, and it makes you enjoy the the products more, right? It like makes, every once in a while, you get uh, like sent like uh, you might see a speed running video online, like someone will link it in like a thread or something like that, right? And you'll right. watch it, and there's no commentary. Context. You're just yes. watching the run and what's happening on screen, especially if they're doing like an any percent run where they're just breaking the game. Yes, you're like, yep, yep, yep. what? what but if you have someone there kind of explaining glitches to you it it is kind of interesting and you can kind of appreciate what they're trying to do and i do want to give just um there's a guy on youtube i think his name is summoning salt mm-hmm. he does like videos on speed running and i don't care about speed running sure. i've I, when I watch speedrunning videos the only thing i can think of is how many hours has this person put into getting good at a video game Uh doesn't this person have anything better to do with their time but even as someone who doesn't give a flying shit about uh speed running they're this guy on named summoning salt who basically goes over like he'll he'll go deep dive on a record on a particular game and he'll basically talk about the progression of how it's progressed and how Different players have found new glitches that would then shave off time. He does basically like these little mini documentaries explaining how how the current world record on certain games and feats has worked out, and it's very interesting. It's Even big, if someone like, who doesn't like care about 30 that. They're like thirty for thirties. It looks like I'm, yeah, I don't know it, this guy. They're but I'm, really good. I I'm, would recommend it. 
I'm 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 looking at his Twitter or their Twitter right now, and there's one, and this is something that I actually uh, I'm really interested in because this is something that they actually do at, in a lot of speedrunning events. It's it's a very popular thing, video game thing to do, and it's beating Mike Tyson's punch out blindfolded using audio cues and like pattern memorization and it is one of the most impressive things i think i've ever see seen done like live in terms of video games on the internet um and he's got like a little mini documentary about it that yeah, he does that watch. one's pretty good i i found him through a video about mario kart 64 where he basically goes into the how the current track record was set on like choco mountain which is like mm-hmm. one of the least interesting levels in the entire fucking game. Oh yeah, and yeah, I hated that level, man. No, like I like until I watched the video I'm like, "Oh man, I forgot this level even existed because it was it was just kind of there." But he does a very good job of making it interesting watching like all these players slowly learn the tricks to pull it off and he explains what the glitches are that help them shave time off. And like how like how the players would slowly start integrating them and like how they would and how like several different players would always be jockeying for the top spot, shaving off second. He, he's very good. If you're at all interested in speedrunning and you haven't watched any of Summoning Salt's videos, I thoroughly recommend them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd even recommend them if you have a very passing interest, which is where I would put myself. Yeah. It's just it becomes really entertaining to watch stuff like that when you know like when you know what's going on when someone you know? is communicating it effectively to you so that you can understand it it is an enjoyable watch mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for sure for sure that and to bring it back that is what i would like to see more of like if they're able to do that i get that it might not be a fit for espn i've seen nbc sports do it pretty well um i think that i think that a lot of sports networks are in a bit of a tough spot because some of the most popular esports are either like Madden, FIFA, uh, NHL, um, MLB branded games, uh, which are very easily like you, you get it, but I think there's, there's a, there, there is a subset of people who like, aren't really interested in that because I would just like, you know, this is impressive or whatever, but I'm not as interested in that because, like, football is already a real thing and I can just watch football or whatever. I don't know. At least that's the way I feel about it. Um, so you have that. You have a bunch of other popular uh, eSport titles like um, not so much Rocket League but Counter-Strike, Overwatch, uh, League of Legends, Dota um, that are really, really hard to – uh, understand and grok and like uh, tough to tough to put on the air for the first time um i know what was it T- tnt or tbs i can't remember one of them did a has been doing a um like a show i think it's just called e-league um where they're kind of just devoting these programming blocks to to uh, showing uh, to putting on and showing large esports competitions, which I I think is just the way to do it. You just got to kind of jump people in hot and see who hangs on. Um, yeah, 
if you have a good enough presentation, you'll get some viewers out of that. Other yeah. people will bounce right off, but honestly, that's kind of the way with everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have one sort of like interesting question for you because this is one aspect where esports is completely different from regular sports and i'm curious to hear what you think i'm not, i don't really have like a formulated point here sure. but one of the things i've thought about in terms of esports is just like with football and baseball and hockey and these sports you have these teams and you have these players that you can get invested in over a long period of time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, with esports, especially with esports, there's this weird sense like video games don't have the staying power of a classic sport. Right. Like, that's true. Are we going to be play- like. Smash Melee has lasted for a long time in the competitive scene. That and Counter-Strike, like... But that's still, what, like 15 years old? Yep, yep. Game, new games come along all the time. So if you get really interested in watching Overwatch, in two years, it no one... You're not going to see yeah, many, many players of it. There's a pretty it. decent chance that, like a lot of the best players will have moved on to a different game. Right. You you can't, like, invest yourself in, like, a, a local team. Like, I love my local Houston Overwatch team because it, it this because esports is about all of video games more than it's about the individual games themselves I, and individual, like, iterations. Like, right. It's... I mean, I I'm don't trying, know. I, it's a weird point, because like regular sports does not have this problem whatsoever. New versions of baseball don't come along every year with like better graphics or better mechanics or different like Rocket League. You're not going to suddenly have a Rocket League punch itself into the major four sports. And even if it does, it's not going to stick around longer. Like esports is like this thing where either like they're going to focus on like a game that's important, but that game has a definite shelf life and right. it's not that long. Right. Yeah. Even, and even the, the longest, you know, so like how do you retain game. esports viewership when, even if you get everyone super invested in one game, it still has a shelf life. So, okay. So I think that, I think that the answer to that, and I, this is kind of the first time I'm thinking about it too. It's a really good question. Um, I think the best uh, um, thing to like, the best way to kind of test this, right, is to look at esports events like Evo, um, which is like the biggest fighting game tournament in uh, the US, maybe the world, I'm not sure. But Evo is just fighting games, right? It's not like, it is not street fighter it's not mortal kombat it's not uh smash brothers right they have a list of like between 50 and 20 games every year that they do based on what is popular what is competitive what is uh exciting to watch um what's like new and up and coming and fun i think that i think that just as like like, if people say they're a sports fan, they're talking about some specific things, right? If someone says they're an esports fan, 
uh, like I do, I probably would say like, yeah, I like I like games in the Smash Brothers series. I like watching those. I like watching Rocket League. I like watching Overwatch. Um, but more specifically, I like watching like first person shooter games, or I like watching like arcade sports games, um, things like that. So I think. I think yeah, like video games have a shelf life, which is why I'm I'm like Overwatch League has been arguably successful, but I don't think there's like I don't think we're there yet for esports. I I think that the other important thing to think about is that as um like as video games evolve, um we're going to get into more of like a games as a service model for a lot of these esports titles, specifically battle Royale titles like Fortnite and apex legends and stuff that where like there might not be a Fortnite two, right? They might just have this other big release that like you pay for and has like sequel stuff, but it's still Fortnite, right? And, and people will play it in largely the same way. So, I, you know, I think that all that together, it's like, it's really muddy, I guess. Um, but, but I get what you're saying. And I don't know how to really parse that. Other like than- a lot of people, when they talk about esports, are trying to sort of compare them to regular sports. And I think that factor that I brought up is the main reason why they're kind of their own thing. Yeah, exactly. And they, yes. And yes. it it's it would almost be better for esports to try and find its own separate piece of the right. entertainment pie yeah. than it would be to be to try to be a regular sports because there's going to be a lot of people who are never going to see it as a sport. I'm probably never going to see it the way I see regular sports. Sure. And I don't think But I- if it's within its correct sort of context that i think it's currently trying to find i could appreciate it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think that i think that i mean i I agree with that and i do think it's a mistake for like esports is not a subset of general sports right I, i and then we get into this whole muddy thing about like okay then what's a sport is golf a sport is you know is poker a sport blah 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 and like I don't fucking I don't know, man. Don't don't ask me. But like I think that here's okay. So here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. If there's room for poker on ESPN's programming schedule, there can be room for the Rocket League final, right? Like I can agree with that's you. that's my thing, right? If you're gonna if you're gonna show like poker honestly, at 1 if if you're gonna show poker, you should be able to show esports. If you're not going to show esports, you probably shouldn't show poker. Right, exactly. There you go. I think maybe I think that's the rule. Maybe that's the rule. Yeah, I think that's fair. Esports. What do you think about esports, listeners? Are you for them? Are you against them? Do you spend your day watching Twitch? Yeah. Watching other people play video games? It's fine. I like a good let's play. Yes. I don't, I don't, I can't tolerate Twitch most of the time because Twitch is, is, is live. And in those situations, there's just a lot of nothing, but a good let's play where like the player is like deliberately doing something and presenting it to you in kind of like a structured manner. Sure. I really like that. Like I, I love a, a well 
produced let's play but i i can't just watch people just that's that's the thing is it's it's you gotta it's got to be a specific type of game it's got to be a specific type of person playing the game right i you know i get the ass i like I, I get the social gaming aspect of it um but like i i need someone like explaining something or being funny or you know i can't just like if i'm gonna watch someone play a video game i want them to be doing something very i don't want them to just be playing the game i want them to be doing like their own sort of like mini games within like the, the sort of emergent gameplay thing that gets talked about where you you have the game and the way you're supposed to play the game but there's emergent gameplay which mm-hmm. is little games you play within the game to make it more entertaining to give it more replay value like going through uh, like overwatch only playing one character using a particular kind of weapon right and just seeing how far and annoying you can be just using that particular style. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I think there's entertainment value to be had. In I agree with that. For sure. I, that's why I love, like, my, my favorite parts, or some of my favorite parts of the Games Done Quick series are when they do low percent runs. Which are like if you're playing like a role playing game, you have to play, you have to like beat the whole thing at level one. Or if you're doing a Mario Brothers low percent run, you have to do it with collecting either zero coins or the least amount of coins possible while also beating the game. Um, like those are always the most like when people like break the rules and create their own rules on top of um gameplay and it's why oh man i can't believe it's taken me this long to talk about it it's why i fucking love mario maker and it's why i'm really excited about super mario maker 2 coming out tonight at midnight i like hit me up for it on twitter like i'm gonna be i'm gonna be playing the hell out of that but like yeah i don't know it's it's well that's this is like not just a a video games thing this is a i think sports thing and also like generally a play thing where like if you are playing any kind of game that has rules it is always more fun if it's like you and your buddies or even like someone you're watching play uh to see someone riff on those rules and make things either more difficult more flashy more fun more uh i don't know more even like maybe easier like i don't know it's fun to watch that stuff too especially if it's a game if you're an adult like us sometimes you don't have the time to go back and replay games as many times as you probably want to normally Mm -hmm. but maybe you're like i really wish i could like replay breath of the wild but only using like bombs yeah yeah or doing there's a guy on, running, there's a guy on. trying to do that there's a person you could watch who's doing that so that you could be like okay so this is what it would have been like i'm not entirely getting it myself but i'm still witnessing someone else play it and i'm getting something out of that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for sure i guess i think that's the only points i had on esports we've yeah. already gone significantly longer than i expected to that's fair sorry it's probably <laughs> about time that we've uh addressed esports i but i have been i have been thinking about them a little bit more lately maybe it's because i discovered the uh the guy on youtube recently and i've just been kind of like watching it 
I'm wondering, I'm wondering how long it's going to take for there to be, and because I, I don't think there really is one for them to for there to be a, a like a TV network that is built ground up uh, for esports. Maybe there is one. Maybe there is esports. I feel TV, like esports but... is almost a thing that deserves to be on the internet. It's true. Oh yeah, there is like esports. Esport, is... Esports doesn't belong on like television. Right. on a standard network right esports is a future streaming internet kind of event i agree with programming that. I'm, just, I'm just talking about as like a fan even if even if it is just a website that that has agreements with like evo and the overwatch league and uh, all the all the like major tournaments and everything like that is one of the the tough things about being a fan of esports and and trying to I mean not even follow them but like pop in and enjoy like some of this going on. Um, short of going to Twitch and like scrolling through everything, it'd be really nice to just have one like one website or one streaming service I could go to that just has like. Most, if not all, of a solid aggregator. Yeah, exactly. Of a lot exactly. of like one thing. One thing I do enjoy watching is okay. I I probably go on Kotaku like every once in a while. Usually when I'm just like on that network, they they do this thing called highlight reel, mm-hmm. which is literally just people submitting clips from their games. Oh yeah, of, Kotaku. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Of like funny shit. Or, like, really cool shit that they accomplished in their games. And it's, like, a five-minute video of just, like, game highlights. And even if you don't understand the games, I usually find it pretty entertaining. Because you can kind of tell something is wrong or something is cool. And I really, I like that kind of stuff. Like, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a good way to kind of get into it. Because you're like, hey, like, here's some funny shit that's happening in this game. Makes me kind of want to play it. Makes me kind of want to watch more of it. Like right. I, I like highlight reel. I, we need more kind of stuff like that. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. It's part part of what I like about uh, the Games Done Quick series too. It makes me want to pick up like old games that I I have forgotten about. So we should, I guess, talk a little bit about football. There's one thing you may have seen this tweet. I did not expect it to get as many replies as it did because I thought it was going to go unnoticed but there was a a twitter meme going around earlier this week which was essentially um name this movie wrong answers only oh yeah yeah and they just post a really obvious screenshot of a very easy to guess movie but the gimmick is oh you're supposed to name the wrong movie and so the joke is everyone trying to come up with the funniest wrong answer um obviously as memes do after a certain period of time, they mutate and get subverted. And mm-hmm. I saw one just like, name this movie correct answers only. And yeah, good, good. I, being a trend follower and complete sellout, decided to do my own subversion of the meme. And I posted a picture of Jared Lorenzen. And I said, name yes. this quarterback nicknames only. I expected to get maybe like 20 replies. I'm at roughly 300 and i kind of just wanted to bring this up because i knew i was going to get a lot of the ones that we already knew but i've got i've seen some new ones in there and i think it's it's just fun to go down this list and just 
reminisce about some of the great nicknames of Jared Lorenzen. So if y'all indulge me for a minute, obviously the most, like 40% of the people commented with the, the one I think he prefers, which is the hefty lefty. Yeah. It's so good. It's one of the best like football nicknames. It should be up there with Broadway Joe. if, If there was any justice in the world. Like the hefty lefty is an amazing nickname and it's a shame. If you, by the way, if you don't know who Jared Lorenzen is, um, hi, I can't wait to visit high school, mm-hmm. but, uh, he was a backup quarterback. He was a quarterback in the NFL for a brief period of time. He was actually Eli Manning's backup for the 2007 Super Bowl run. So he has a Super Bowl ring with the giants, but he didn't really sort of become at all known until several years later, after he had washed out of the NFL, he had joined one of those side leagues, like UFIL or something like that. And he was playing extremely well for the River Monsters. And there's a picture of him running around, and he looks like an offensive lineman playing quarterback. Mm-hmm. And it was it's one of those things where it just makes you happy to see. You're like... This dude should not be rumbling around so effectively. It's this is this it's it's all the joys of fat man running with football yeah. as a quarterback, which just does not happen. It's great. And while he was there, he gained a small little bit of media attention because he was big and he was playing quarterback and he was doing pretty well. And he started gaining a lot of nicknames, and Hefty Lefty was the big one. And I think mm-hmm. the other big name that he became known as was the Pillsbury throw boy uh. which is very good uh, um there was battleship lorenzen which i always really i always thought was like super badass yeah yeah um and then the round mound of touchdown very good very good those are those are the ones that were like super easy to remember uh kentucky fried quarterback that was that was the uh, other one i was trying to think uh-huh. of i didn't think that one was quite as good it's basically all the all the puns are the best but i'm gonna go down to this list and i'm gonna name Please. off all the ones that i hadn't seen before that i thought were amazing and my absolute favorite was johnny the absolute unitas oh my god that's so good <laughs> It's so good. The absolute unit. Oh, Johnny, the absolute unit. That was that was the best one I'd never seen before. I don't know if he came up with it right there, but it was so perfect. Yes, it was um, very good. A lot of a lot of the versions I I got were basically just like food versions on other players' names. Uh so Tom Gravy. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> hey. Okay. Uh uh, Fat U Stafford. Jeez. Peyton Hamming. Some of these are pretty, pretty um, disappointing. Uh, one person said Sebastian Janikowski, which <laughs> I thought was hilarious. <laughs> if you see the picture, it makes more sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. One person said King K. Rule. Good. Which was Very also good. phenomenal because in the picture, he's he's wearing a River Monsters jersey because that's the team he was on. It's got the and scales. It's got all the scales, so he kind of does look like King K. Rule. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fatrick Mahomes. Yeah, okay. Oh, he ate me. Jesus. <laughs> oh, boy. 
uh, Ham Newton, Fat uh, Ryan, uh, Troy Aitman. Um, instead of Michael Thick, Michael Vick, it's Michael Thick. Yes, good, very good, very good, very good. Hot pocket presence. <laughs> <laughs> Full Sims. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, biggest Ben. Uh, Jay Cutlets. Oh, that okay. I like that one a lot, actually. He's wearing the number 22, and someone said, Type 22 diabetic. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Thick Fulls. Mm-hmm. Andre the Giant. Oh, somebody just uh, posted one of the um, the Key and Peel ones. It's just fudge. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Oh, the Abominable Throw Man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's nice. I think that uh, was one of his actual nicknames, though. I think like, that one may, may one have been one of his actual known ones. I feel like I had heard that one before. Yeah, uh, um, a lot of them are just like, oh, <laughs> Charlie Deep Fry. Uh, nice. <laughs> Denny's Marino. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I know I saw some better ones in here. Oh, J Load. I think that was one of the ones that he actually had. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Marcus Marinara. That's... Okay. <laughs> That's really good, actually. I like that one a lot. Candy Dalton. Drew Cheese. Uh-huh. I, I just really liked... <laughs> Johnny the Absolute Unit. That one's so like, good. That one's, like, really, really good. That I probably so shouldn't good. have led with that, because it, it's really just kind of downhill off of that. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's very good. Brisket Bomber. Oh. Oh, nice. That's such a good name. I don't know if that was one of his real ones, but that is fantastic. The Brisket Bomber. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. <laughs> the Thing Who Slings. Nice. <laughs> the Quarter Pounder Back. I wonder if we could get Jared Lorenz. Y.A. Skittles. Good. Do do it one more time because I was talking over you and being an idiot. Sorry. Y.A. Skittles. Good. Very good. Actually, very good. Ooh, Slim Tebow. I don't. I, I don't know about that one. I think. Uh, I think they might have missed a memo somewhere along the line, or some wires got crossed. Good. Snack pack Prescott. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fourth meal. <laughs> uh anyway yeah if 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 you want a lot of fat jokes go to my timeline and look up that tweet it's not even so my my favorite thing about this whole thing is is jared lorenzen um like there's i i i love i love it when like I don't know. It's very Jared Lorenzen. I think is a body positive icon, right? It's it's like you embrace because it's not like fat jokes. He's like, I'm fat, but also I am healthy and I can kick your ass. And I'm I you know I am a. I, am I think it was at the time. I think I remember reading an article pretty recently that he's actually on a quest to kind of deal with his weight. 
okay. because he he just kept getting bigger. Oh, like the okay. most so recent thing, not, I, it, it, it got it not, got to not healthy, okay. and like the got most it. recent thing I saw was just like he he was down a hundred pounds in a year. Oh, okay. So he's getting better. Well, good. But I I think it got worse for a while. But that's, I know that's like fair. I judging from his Twitter right now, it doesn't look like he's still using the hefty lefty, but I know for a while he was leaning into that. Okay. Like, okay. Well, I, I mean, I, either way, you know, he like, as long as he is happy with his body, I just, I don't know. There was, there was something that I appreciated, you know, as, again, as long as it's not detri- like detrimental to your health or you're not dealing with, you know, any, any dysmorphia about it oh right? here's like, him yeah, calling out like, dan levitard hey dan levitard show nothing wrong with being hefty come on guys hashtag hefty lefty there you go hell yeah hell yeah ain't nothing wrong with being hefty anyway i wonder jared, jared lorenzen, lorenzen is legitimately a an aw- i i love him yeah like i, I- I didn't even know who he was when he was on the Giants. I didn't find out about him until he became famous as the fat quarterback. Mm-hmm. But, like, seriously, he seems like a pretty cool dude. And, I like, we tease, but I love the guy. Mm-hmm. I want to, uh, I, I really want to see if he'd be on the show. I, it, oh, he's defending be... Eli. Fuck yeah, Jared Lorenzen. Such a wonderful get. I'm yeah. at a loss for words. How do you trade OBJ and leave Eli with nothing? Mm-hmm. What a way to treat him. Send Eli somewhere too, and let's just have a complete overhaul. Not sure I get what's going on here, New York Giants. Thank you, Jared. Thank you. <laughs> Saying what we're all thinking. It looks like he's part of like a t-shirt company now. Probably. That's most of most of his Twitter is it's a. Uh, it's throwboy tea, so he's either part of a company or maybe the head of a company, but he, he looks like he's making graphic t-shirts. So, mm-hmm. eh, that's something. Good for nice. him. Nice, yeah. As long as he's doing good. Jared, this is, this is in this house, we love and appreciate Jared Lorenzen. Mm-hmm. This is a positive Jared Lorenzen space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he, he may not have had a memorable career, but I'll always remember him. He holds a special place. Yeah. For sure. And with that, I I think we've stretched out as much as we could. Jared Lorenzen in eSports. Let's go. This is going to be our highest rated episode ever. Probably. Yeah. We Sam. Have good ideas about things. Yes. Do you still have your Twitch channel? I do. I haven't. It's been like not active for a while because like I've been doing a bunch of other shit, but I'm actually probably going to try and get back on it. Um, soon ish don't know when that soon ish is but i still have it it's still there do you play games that i could play with you probably but probably yeah yeah we should do that we should you seem like you own a lot more games than i do i work my way through like one game for several months yeah yeah I, i as an adult who also does the this and drawing on on the side and also and has and also has like dog and yeah. wife and now house. Like I don't get a chance to play as many of you do. I'm still working my way through Sekiro. I'm close. Like, nice. I, I could yeah. never find the fucking time to finish it. But yeah, that's me. I play like two video games a year and it just stretches out over a long period of time. But if you are doing some Twitch, maybe let me know if you're playing you what know. game yeah, you're well... playing. And if, if there's a, a small chance I have it. Maybe I can join you.
Yeah, but if you... In the meantime, how can we follow you? Yes, uh, you can follow me on Twitch and on Instagram at Robust Fighting Dinosaurs and on Twitter at Sam Grezes. That's S-A-M-G-R-E-S-E-C-E-S. Babe? E-S-E-S? No. No. Gone. 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 The the death of a legend. The death of a real one. That was basically how I remembered how to spell your name. Yeah. Yeah. I would I would be like, I gotta write Grezes down and I would just like ES, and then I would stare at it and be like, oh yeah, I gotta erase the last two. Yeah, I gotta, yeah, right. <laughs> so, farewell to a legend. Anyway, I'm Dropplay Dave. You can find me on Twitter at Dropplay Dave, on Facebook at the Dropplay Comic, on Instagram at Dropplay Dave, and of course on the Dropplay.com. Send me your favorite Jared Lorenzen nickname, and we will see you next week. Maybe it's shit. We're gonna record on July 4th. We'll figure it out. Hi, I'm Sophie Lesnay Redacted. I'm Mara Sunshine. If you're like us, you grew up in the 90s and are now sad, sad adults. And that's okay. There's a lot to be sad about in today's world. If you've been paying attention at all, you know that the world is in a tight spot right now. And two people working 45 minutes once a week can't change that. So we took that time and started a Sailor Moon podcast. Join us every Friday as we combat that creeping sense of dread we all feel in our hearts by recapping our favorite Magical Girl anime. Because, hey, the world sucks. But Sailor Moon's a cool show. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is... Wait, you can't be Commander Shepard. I'm Commander Shepard. Okay, we're both Commander Shepard, and we're here to tell you about our favorite podcast on the Citadel. Do you like narrative video games with deeply developed characters? What about exploring complicated moral quandaries, like romancing aliens? Then you should be listening to Reignite, a show where two friends take a 10-year-old video game way too seriously. And sometimes not seriously enough. I'm Commander Shepard. And I'm Commander Shepard. We should go.